Today on the show, we're talking about the process you need to achieve your goals. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm your host, and today, as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Trevor, and today we're talking about the process that you need to implement to achieve your goals. Yeah, and I thought this would be a good topic for beginning of the year, first episode of 2020, new decade. Uh you probably have goals you want to achieve this year. I, I'm, everyone knows I'm not a fan of New Year's resolutions. I think the best time to set a new goal is tomorrow or today. But if you choose to do it at the beginning of every calendar year, that, that's better than not doing it at all. But, you know, if you have a goal, goals are, you need goals. We talk about goals all the time. But goals don't come with instructions. They don't come with tools to motivate yourself. What you need to achieve any goal is a solid process. And I'm, I've just started diving into a new book called Atomic Habits. And I'll, I'll leave it in the show notes. But in that book, the author talks about how you, you can't love your goals. You can, you can want them and, and dream about them. But you have to be in love with the process that gets you to your goals. Because it's discipline and and enthusiasm, they're all going to run out. So you really have to love the process you're going to go through to get to that goal. That is so rich. And I love the emphasis that you just placed on the self-willpower, the self-control, the self-discipline, and the fact that if your goal is one that's going to stretch over, I mean, look at you, Trevor, financial independence by an an early retirement by 55. I mean, (laughs) tell me, tell me that self-discipline would have run out a while ago. Oh, yeah. Enthusiasm. Everything would have just been gone, right? In fact, as soon as you hit a little bit of resistance, the goal looks like it's further away. I want to stop you, you right could, there. Can I, can I ask a question? Do you think when yeah. you do hit resistance, though, does that mean that you don't want the goal enough? No. If you hit resistance and you give up, it means you didn't love the process to achieving your goal. Oh, yeah. No, that makes sense. That really resonates. And I mean, have you, so you, you read this book, this incredible sounding book and, and from there you pulled kind of the inspiration for today's show, but do you not think that subconsciously you're already in tune with this whole overarching idea in order to achieve what you will soon be achieving next, this year, actually, we're in 2020, your goal of early retirement? Oh, absolutely. I, I didn't realize it though. I didn't realize I was in love with the, the process of, I was involved in, in achieving that goal. I, I, I just kept, I kept telling myself, I must have the world's best, uh, dis, you know, self-discipline <laughs> and, and determination. But it turns out I don't, I, I love the process. I, and we're going to get it to him later the show, but my process that I love is frugality. I love being frugal. It's, it's, it's something I thoroughly enjoy. I, I didn't realize it, but being frugal is like when I do something that's frugal, just say I do a home repair or I buy something in a secondhand store. I am like so giddy and excited. And I just, I thought, okay, I just love thrifting or, but it turns out I love being frugal. And if you don't just say you, you do a a sort of a makeshift home repair and you buy something in a thrift store, you might feel cheap. So that's an example. So if you don't like being frugal, then financial independence, you're going to have to find another way to get there. And we're going to talk about that later in the show. 
I have a theory. There's three ways to get to financial independence in, in using certain processes, but you have to learn to love those processes. So my, my first question before we kind of go further into the show, I'm, I, this is in topic that I am so excited to explore further, but if you pretend you didn't like you personally, Trevor did not like the process uh, the process to achieve early financial independence and retirement 55, pretend you didn't enjoy that at all. Does that mean that you have to try harder or that you we have to reevaluate that goal? Like what, what, what are, what, what's, what crossroads are you at when you hit that point? Well, I, I think if you don't love the process, then in it, you can't, there's no other way. Like if you don't like any of the processes, say you don't like and we're going to get in this later in the show, but if, if you don't like uh, all the things that are required to earn a, a high income, you know, all the, the dedication to your job that's required to earn a high income, if you don't like those things, if, if work is misery for you and, and you don't like being frugal, if, if being frugal is not something you enjoy, it, it's, it's misery, then early financial independence is going to be a miserable journey. You may like the idea of being financially independent, but you dislike all the things, the lifestyle things you have to do to get there, then I'm going to say that value of being financially independent early in life is not aligned with you. Like don't, don't pretend you, 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 you can want that all you, that goal all you want, but if you don't like one of the processes to get to it that, that are effective, then you're going to have a miserable existence. I think that really speaks volumes to how as an individual, you could look towards other individuals and the way someone else may speak about their journey or how they are getting to achieve their goal. They, they may speak with it very fondly. And I mean, the, the passion and excitement at which you spoke to the areas of frugality that really make up your life because it's part of your process. I mean, that's, that's inspiring. That's uplifting. And I want to follow suit it just inspires others. But if you're also, you can talk to someone else and they can be a little more, maybe speak about it more negatively or more miserably. And then therefore one individual is obviously enjoying the process more than the other. And I think that's really valuable to understand. You know, I had somebody at work raise the question to me. They're saying in an effort to retire, be financially independent early in life, 55, I'm calling that early. Some people might not, but in my world or my community, that's somewhat early. Uh, This person was saying, you know, do you feel like you missed out on anything in life, you know, in achieving this? And and I said, no, I I enjoyed the journey. I like the, the thought of driving used cars all the time. This person thought that was you know, I was miserable doing it and, and I wasn't, I, I, I was super excited to find a, a used car that was, you know, half the price of a new car. That's exciting for me. This person I was talking to, clearly that would be misery. You know, I wanted to raise a point. Here's an example of if wanting early financial independence and not liking the process is like wanting to win the lottery that you can want that all day long, right? You can want to win the lottery. I'm sure most people would want to win the lottery, but there's no, if you have no, like there, there is no proven path to winning the lottery, right? There's, there's no, you know, buy 60 tickets and you, you're guaranteed to win. Like that doesn't exist. So if you don't have some sort of mechanism to get you to early financial independence, you might as well be just wishing to win the lottery. 
That's so good. That is such a good example. It's just, it's, it's, it's this path that you really have to have a plan for. You really have to have this process developed. Well, it's more than a plan though. You have to love the the path. You have to love the journey because I'm going to say, if you're going to be miserable, just, just say you start working when you're 25 and you, you plan to be financially independent at 55 those are if, if if you're miserable for all those years is is that a life worth living really is it yeah that's so true and and I, back to when you said a plan is not enough i have to agree with that i mean it's easy like you just said it's easy to say i'm 25 right now i want to be financially independent by 55 that's that looks great on paper it sounds it sounds pretty it sounds pretty reasonable or realistic if you take the right um, right measures in your life to, to make that happen but just like this podcast, we 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 look at things from the behavioral approach from right from the ground up, and that also includes the emotional side of it. How are you going to feel? Like you say, you're saying, Trevor, how are you going to feel? How is that journey going to be? And I think that's a really key element that when we when we talk about devising a plan, that that is missed in in that process. And well, we always say have a plan, but. Have a plan where you are in love with the process. Oh, that's good. That's so good. Yes. Have a plan that's in line with your process. So I, I want to, before we do get into the the kind of the early financial independent equation that you've made up, Trevor, the, the kind of scenarios that, that that is around, I want to kind of triang- triangulate this idea, the idea that you need a process to achieve your goals by looking at some other examples. So here on the show, we always love, I mean, personal finance is at the root of kind of how how we thrive, how we live, as is maybe health. That's also another kind of kind of pillar in our life that's important to to get right, as is personal finance. So two different examples here that we can we can really pull this idea towards. So Trevor, do do you want to dive into that? Yeah, and I think I always like to draw the connection to health and finance in that I really believe if you can win at one of those, you've developed the the mindset and the behavioral requirements to achieve either, right? I, I think if the same disciplines and motivations and being in love with the process, if you can prove you can do this in personal finance, then I'm saying those skills, those same traits are transferable to your health and you you can achieve the same things if 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 you have that that motivation and if you can find a process that you're in love with to achieve early financial independence i guarantee you you can you can adopt a process that you would be in love with to achieve a, a higher level of fitness and health so let's zero in on one specific problem for going we have two different examples here to kind of create that i create that that linkage so the first if the first problem is if we are overweight so yeah this is a common problem i mean in our society today we we tend to be suffering from too much nutrition as opposed to not enough in fact i read a stat that more people have died since the beginning of time. I don't know. I read it on the internet, so it must be true. But <laughs> more people have died in the history of the human race from eating too much food than not eating enough. So th- this is a common problem. So you're overweight. That's the problem. The goal is wanting to be thin or lighter, right? Let, lose weight. A better goal would be wanting to weigh 110 pounds, right? Like the, that's, that's a more specific goal. 
But those goals, don't, there's no, there's no process. There's no instructions. What you, you can, that's a great goal. So you got your problem, you set a goal, but now you have to find a, a process you're in love. So just say you, you deep dive and you want to be a vegetarian. Okay. I, I really believe that that is a healthier diet or even better yet, you want to be a vegan or, or t- let's take it to like the highest level. You want to be like a, this is like people would say, what are you going to eat air? You want to be a gluten-free sugar-free vegan, like go extreme, but then go 10 feet deep and love the, the idea of being a vegan. Join communities that are vegans, find restaurants that are vegans, find recipes and be creative in your cooking. And I guarantee you, so, so now you've, you're not focused on losing weight anymore. You're just focused on being a vegan, a sugar-free, gluten-free vegan. And you're doing it because you believe it's a healthier way to eat. And, and you are, you're just in love with that. And you, you find like-minded people. You, you're in a community. You share recipes. And the result of, of that is going to be weight loss. I don't care who you are. If you adopt that as a lifestyle, you will lose weight. It's just a fact. So, but, but you're not so focused on losing weight. You're just focused on the adopting that lifestyle. And that to me is you, you, your weight could go up and down on the way to your goal, but you're so unfocused. In fact, don't even own a scale. Don't even get on a scale for, for months. Just be in love with the process of adopting an eating lifestyle such as, as being a vegan and I guarantee you, you will get your goal will be achieved. I I love this this viewpoint on achieving this goal, and I think the emphasis, like you said, you you have this very specific goal. You're dialed into exactly what you hope to achieve, and and with this, I mean, Trevor, we we know you eat uh, a very a very healthy, clean diet from past conversations here on the show, but. Is this something that you are now realizing that you do as well in your life that that you kind of take on this process without realizing it? I, I think I, I, I do maybe without realizing, but I think if you focus. So in this example, if your motivation for losing weight was vanity, if that was the reason you wanted to lose weight, because for vanity reasons, I. I I guess that's most people's motivation. But if you focused on just living a healthy lifestyle, like a healthy diet, vanity would actually take care of itself. It, it, it's it's a result of the process. So being in love with a healthy diet and all the the the, the things that go with it, you will vanity will just show up. It it just comes with the package. So achieving your goal is just, it's, it's almost, I don't want to say inevitable, but pretend you are living this process to its fullest, fullest experience. You're just, you're just diving into the process. Then that goal is, I don't want to like, I don't want to say inevitable again, but it, it's just naturally going to happen, not happen, but it's naturally going to lead you that way. Is that what you're saying? It is, but you have to be smart. I mean, just say you wanted to lose weight and you said, well, I'm going to, you know, adopt a, I'm going to eat chocolate <laughs> or some crazy thing you have to be realistic right you can't just you have to do some research but there's no sense getting in love with something that's not going to get to your goal but find a process that you believe is going to get you there that's great and and i want to i want to use another example as well let's let's see one on maybe like another health 
health uh, health related issues. So maybe we both throw out like high blood pressure as our problem. Maybe. Okay, this is a common one. I mean, I I go for a physical every year. My doctor takes my blood pressure, and I always say, you know, what you know is it good? And and she'll say, oh yeah, it's great. And I, and I always say, um, you know, what's the numbers? And I try to understand what they mean. And I, I never do, but. I, I asked my doctor, what's a bad blood pressure reading for somebody my age? And what's a good blood pressure reading for somebody my age? And then what's my blood pressure reading for some from at my age? And my blood pressure is is very low. So it's I, I gotta think my my lifestyle is catering to that. I, I have a in my family I have a history of people with high blood pressure. So I, I gotta think I'm doing something different than they are. But wanting reduced blood pressure would be the goal, right? Wanting a specific uh, blood pressure rating would be even a better goal. But again, no instructions, no process. Every, I, it's, a, it's common knowledge that exercise and diet deliver will deliver lower blood pressure. I mean, that is a... Uh, I, when I asked my doctor, you know, what, what, what can I do to keep my blood pressure low? She says, eat, eat a, uh, a good, um, healthy diet and get lots of exercise. So... I'm going to focus on exercise here. So wanting low blood pressure, I mean, that's like wanting to win the lottery. If you don't do anything, you're not going to either. I'm going to say love being a, I'm going to call it a gym rat or a fitness freak. Love being, like do a deep dive on on weight training. You know, just become a, a fitness crazy person. Like just always going to the gym. You know, you're, your housework falls behind because you're always at the gym. Like be that person, be someone who just loves going to the gym. And I guarantee you, well, I can't guarantee you, but I'm pretty sure your blood pressure will take care of itself. But wanting lower blood pressure, that that's, that, that's a great goal, but it can't stop there. You have to want to be fit. Like want a summer sport in winter sport. Like don't, don't take the winters off just because it's cold outside. Be, want to be a like uh, someone who okay I love mountain biking and so I love everything about mountain biking I love all the bikes I, I love the trails I love watching YouTube videos of people mountain biking I love going to uh, bike shows and, and learning about all the new technology on mountain bikes I just love mount everything about mountain biking well you know what mountain biking does it delivers a, a high level of fitness just by its nature so find a sport and just immerse yourself in it. I love going to the gym. I love reading about uh, resistance training, like weight training. I love, I just love every aspect of that. And the, the health benefits in the, in the vanity aspect of it, they're just uh, benefits of, of loving those things. And, but you have to like, in, in this case, you have to not like television. <laughs> like don't have a favorite TV show. That, that's your enemy having a favorite TV show, I, I used to have a favorite TV show. I love that I don't. I, I often sit down and I, I turn on my Apple TV. I love to get an Apple reference in. And I, I sometimes just turn it off because I, I don't know, I, I'm not motivated to watch anything. So don't don't have a favorite TV show, but have a favorite sport. Have multiple favorite sports. I love squ- playing squash. It's like a racket sport. I, 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 I'm in a squash league. I love the competitiveness of squash. I read about, I watch YouTube videos of people playing squash. Like I just so immersed in those fitness things. 
And I, I think that passion, that excitement that you bring to exercise yourself, Trevor, is one that I'm assuming you bring to personal finance or you wouldn't be exactly where you are. And I think, I think that is so powerful to achieving those goals. It's, it, and do you think, I'm going to circle back to your goal of, of retiring at 55. Do you think, was falling in love with that process challenging? Was that, was that hard? And even I guess the, the process of, of loving, loving the exercise and, and, and loving getting exercise and eating healthy, was that, has any of that been challenging for you? Again, it was there any convincing to love the process or were you just, you just woke up and you just loved it? I think I just realized, so here's, here's a, get into the finance part because this is a personal finance podcast, but I would, I, I just, I made observations. So whenever I bought something new, like brand new, that thing would own me for quite a period of time. Like I would really be stressed out about the thing I bought and owning it would be exhausting, right? And until it got old, I it would own me. And I would stress about, you know, did I get the right one, the right color, the right size, the right whatever. And that, that would just stress me out. But whenever I bought something secondhand, like used, it was like instant excitement. And, and I, I, it's not like I was reckless with whatever I bought used, but I was, I, I used it more carefree. It was, it was, and so it's only with hindsight, I look back and make that observation that whenever I bought something new, it was like, uh, it was a stressful agonizing process whenever I bought something used it was like I I couldn't stop celebrating so it's that hindsight looking back I wish I knew uh now what I knew 20 years ago I'd probably have done more of you know in this example buying used and less buying new no that makes sense and my other question for you but this might lead into the next section we're going to talk about is that and to make it, I'm going to make an analogy back to exercise, but I know a lot of people don't like running. Trevor, I think you've even mentioned that before too, that you're not really in love with kind of outdoor long distance running. I know, I, but at the, maybe at the gym that you enjoy that. So you've kind of found that compromise, but pretend you don't like running. You may think that you may have this conception in your mind that running is the only way to be physically active that, or in your mind, the best way to be physically active. And so if you don't like running, but you kind of find cycling, which it also maybe has similar benefits and is, is therefore synonymous in getting your heart rate up. Can the same be said is, is anything, can the same be said for anything in the personal finance realm? If we don't, I'm, it's so bad, bad example here, but if I don't like to work hard or quote unquote work hard, again, bad example, but if, if that's your thing, is there, is there, can you, do you just throw your hands up in defeat or are there other ways other processes that you can implement to reach your goals well back to the finishing i i loved running i loved long distance running but my knees did not (laughs) and so my knees would get injured and it would hinder my ability to ride my mountain bike or play squash or do any other activities i like doing so i would end up in this injured period where i was not getting fit so i i had to give running up so i i did enjoy it and i do think it led to a lot of health benefits, but my knees disagreed. So in terms of uh, early financial independence, which that's kind of our tagline, right? So I, I would hope everyone listening to this wants early financial independence. Early, 
is your definition, right? Whatever early, early could be 35, it could be 45, it could be 55. Some people might even consider 65 early financial independence in today's day and age, who knows? But I'm going to say there's, there's three ways, I, I think, to get to financial, early financial independence, three processes you can fall in love with. And I, I can't think of, of any other way. So th- the three of them are a, I'm going to just rhyme off the three. So good income combined with a modest lifestyle. Number two is a modest income combined with a frugal lifestyle. And the best one is a good income combined with a frugal lifestyle. So that, that's number three. So those are three paths. So if you think of them as paths to financial, early financial independence, you have to start to think of, of processes or, or, or lifestyles you could adopt to enhance those things and enjoy. So with, with the, your three kind of processes that, you, that you've laid out, uh, and what I'm, what I'm noticing here though is that frugal lifestyle is one that is it, it's more denoted, it's denoted heavily with, it, with both the modest income and a good income. Yeah, so a frugal lifestyle, obviously, I'm a big fan of that one. But So let's start with good income. So a good income is you, you, you basically, you, these are some of the processes or the, the traits you'd want to adopt. So you can't just want a good income. I know people that are in very uh, high-paying jobs and they are miserable. They are living misery every single day. I, I, I physically see this with my own eyes where I work on a daily basis. But there's other people who earn a really good income and they love it. I mean, they they live and breathe their jobs. And just from an observation standpoint, so I, I've enjoyed earning a, a good income over my working career. And one of the, the things I've, I've always had, and this is something I've, I've embraced, is this never-ending thirst for knowledge. And it could be, Upgrading my 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 skills in an academic setting, right, like a, a learning institution, or it could be just gathering knowledge in the workplace, right. Both of those are ways where I've, I, but I enjoyed that. I, I, very, inqu- I'm very inquisitive mind. Like it's not like this is misery. Oh, I got to learn about this now, or I got to learn about that now, right? It's it's me asking questions. I remember sitting in a, in a meeting with a bunch of engineers, and asking them questions about the, the manufacturing process. I found it super interesting. And then, I, I, of course, you ask anybody about the job, and they're more than happy to show you around. They would take me out to the, the manufacturing uh, area and, and explain the process to me. And I, I, I was just thought it was just side knowledge. It ended up benefiting me huge in my, in my regular job. So you have to, but you have to love that. So you have to always be wanting to upgrade your skills stagnation is 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 misery to you you hate stagnation like that you you don't want to just fall in for you it's not a groove it's a rut so these are and another one is is having a side hustle so some i know i know some people do have a, they have a side hustle i know two people and they are miserable when their side hustle isn't consuming a lot of their time so they are miserable if they're not busy with their side hustle so that is an example so and here's another one is you have to love being the go-to person. So this is one at work. So you're the person where everyone's got a question about 
the system, your computer system at work, or just you're the go-to person. You're just this this nugget of knowledge. And some people who, who, you know, if they get questions all day long, they're exhausted. You know, just if somebody asks me another question, I'm going to leave, you know, that, that mindset. But if you, you have to love being the go-to person, when someone comes and says, Hey, do you know this? Or do you know that you get excited to answer the question? So these are, I think if you, if these are traits you possess, I think earning a good income would agree with you. You would like the process of earning a good income. So that, so, so let's talk about modest lifestyle and that's the next kind of element. So who are you if you are, are, are okay or good with a modest lifestyle? So early financial independence, number one is earning a good income combined with a modest lifestyle. Because obviously if you earned a good income and you had an, a, a sort of a excessive lifestyle, well, it, the math is real simple income minus expense. I mean, if there's not enough money left over to save for early financial independence, you're not going to get there anytime soon. So good income, modest lifestyle. You you have, you, you can't, you can outspend a good income effortlessly. Like that happens all the time. So I'm going to say, um, a modest lifestyle, you could be miserable living a modest lifestyle in, and there's no sense doing this. If you're going to be miserable, I mean, life's too short, but it's in a, some examples would be you, you love doing home repairs, right? That's you just, when something breaks in your house, you don't roll your eyes in, in, in agony and pick up the phone and call somebody. You, you roll up your sleeves and say, I think I can fix this. Even if you can't, you might, you might try. Uh, you, you know, here's just, these are just random thoughts. You don't mind maintaining your own lawnmower. Like you don't take your lawnmower into a small engine repair shop for service you change your spark plug and change your oil and your air filters yourself, right? That's just something you, you do. The thought of taking it to somebody else to do that work is seems outrageous. Same thing. Maybe if you, you got snow tires, maybe you get a jack and you swap out your snow tires for your summer tires yourself, right? That's just something you do. So, and someone who's living a modest lifestyle, you're always looking to optimize, you know, and that's not misery to you. You enjoy optimization. So it's, it's really about being resourceful and sort of stretching the useful life of everything you own. You know, that that's living a modest lifestyle. Like not replacing your car every eight years, replacing your car every 12 years. You know, you're, a modest lifestyle is is living ben, below your means but enjoying it and, and finding ways and aspects of living below your means that that are not mis- misery because there's no sense doing this if you're going to be miserable. Like if you're going to spend your whole earning years in misery just to be financially independent, I, I don't think it's a life worth living. So when we bring modest lifestyle into the fold, that really accommodates um, number one, the first early financial independence uh, process. Number two, which, and we'll have these in the show notes too, seeing if you're more of a visualization person, you'll be able to see them as we're talking about them. But number one, again, was good income, which requires a modest lifestyle. And the second one is modest income with frugal lifestyle. So a modest income, I'm going to say you don't have to work out. That's just a job, right? A modest income is just a regular job. It doesn't require extra long hours or a unique skill set. I mean, that's, you're just working just like the rest of us, right? You're just working a job, paying the bills, but you, you, if you choose that, then you need to live a frugal lifestyle. And this one's a tough one. So frugal lifestyle 
is you can't, if, if everything I do in my frugal lifestyle, you look at and say, boy, that guy is so cheap. If that's how you view it, then this is not for you. So living a frugal lifestyle is, is you kind of see the world as, is everything in the world looks like excess. Everything like is overdone. And you get super excited about thrifting and buying secondhand. I mean, that is exciting. And you're disappointed when you have to buy new. It's that that's remember I said when I bought something new, I felt like it owned me until it got old. I mean, that's you know, but you have to be in love with so when I say um in love with being frugal, you have to be in love with some aspect of, of frugality. And we do episode with Jace. We're doing some regular episodes on thrifting. Jace loves thrifting. I mean, that's not work to him. That is when he wakes up Saturday morning and he's going thrifting, that's a good day. I mean, he's excited. He's in love with the process of buying secondhand. He he is so immersed in that world. He it's he, there's a network of people he knows that are so dialed into that and and they they know where the good stores are, where the bad stores are. They, they know when there's opportunity. He just loves every aspect of thrifting. That is somebody who, who's embraced a frugal lifestyle, but the process is, you can be frugal in other ways. Like Some people love uh, grocery shopping in a frugal way, going in multiple stores, finding the best deals, coming home and just enthusiastic about all the sales they got on the, the groceries they bought. Like It's, it's embracing frugality is, is the key to uh, financial independence with a modest income. So when it comes to living a frugal lifestyle, I mean, I think this one could be one where you might enjoy certain, you might see certain things in life as frugal and maybe other as cheap. I'm not sure if that resonates with all with you, Trevor, at all, but it could it be possible that you... You could live a frugal lifestyle by really embracing the th- the things that you find genuinely frugal, and and maybe staying away from aspects that you find more cheap. And could you would you mind as well kind of defining those two as well for any listeners who weren't with us for our episode that we dedicated talking about frugality versus uh, cheap. Well, if if going to a secondhand store and buying something like an article of clothing. Because you can't afford a new one. If if you're doing if if that's why you're doing it, I mean, you're gonna be miserable, right? But buying something secondhand because you have to is is being cheap, and you shouldn't do it. Being cheap is is a very negative thing. And 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 I I would I mean if you're buying a used car because you can't afford a new one, or, sorry. If you can't afford a new one, you should buy a used car. But if you're buying a used car because you think it's going to save you money, but you're miserable doing it, you are cheap, 100% cheap. If you're buying a used car because you all you're you're visualizing is all the money you're going to save by buying that used car, if 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 you're like you'll know when you open your front door if you're going car shopping, you should be like forgetting to put your like okay, don't forget to put your seatbelt on, but you should be so excited you forgot to put your seatbelt on that you're going out to use car shopping. But if you're going out and you're you're like, a, I don't know, hanging your head in shame when you walk over to the used car section, like you are, don't be cheap. Cheap is, life is too short to be that miserable. And, and, and so if you're, 
if you're doing things, if you're buying, I don't know, the, if you, if you're buying the bottom of the line, even if you're buying new and, and, and you're doing it to save money and you're miserable doing it, you're cheap. So don't be cheap. Be frugal. Be in love with being frugal. So with this third, the third kind of fina- early financial independence equation, good income and a combination with a frugal lifestyle, that obviously, that sounds like the way to, to, to go about doing doing it to the most effectiveness. So the early financial independence effectiveness can you that's how it feels to me but are the other two so good income and modest lifestyle it's number one modest income and frugal lifestyle is number two are all three of these going to result in the same outcome the same goal or is is my perception correct that good outcome income and frugal lifestyle superior oh yeah good income and frugal lifestyle is the one i i believe i've done i have ever i'll say an above average income over the years and lived a a below average frugal lifestyle over the years and loved every minute of it. I I think you can do this in any, any three of these scenarios. Obviously, uh, a good income and a frugal lifestyle is going to, you're going to get there faster. I mean, but that was my goal. Speed was my goal. I enjoyed my job. I enjoyed earning uh, a good income and, and all the traits I described. Like I, I had that unquenchable thirst for knowledge I love being the go-to person. Uh, I never really had any side hustles, but I, I, I did, I did enjoy my job for the the thirty years I've worked in in this field. It's it's been super interesting, and and I have no regrets there. But it, I'm I'm moving on to a new chapter, so that's why I'm I'm leaving that that job and work in general. Uh, living frugal lifestyle has been. I'm going to call it exciting. I mean, I really loved frugality. And I know when I talk to my parents about, I've, so my parents still have a traditional cable TV package and they have all the streaming services. And when I see their, their TV world, I see redundancies and opportunity to optimize. And I talk about them all the time and they look at me like I'm crazy. I, I look at my, uh, I don't watch a lot of TV, but my TV viewing is, I, I, I have um, an Apple TV, so I stream it, and I have a, the CBC app on there. And I can watch the news, I can watch TV shows, I can watch live TV. I like to watch hockey occasionally, I can watch live hockey on there. And I have a Netflix subscription. And with those two things on my TV, I have more TV viewing available to me than I would ever want to watch. I mean, there's more, there's more entertainment and information and documentaries and plus that, you know, you throw YouTube in there and all the documentaries you can find on there. I have a lifetime of TV viewing for, uh, what is it? 1399. That that's what I'm, that's my, I'm all in at 1399. That, that's a total bill. And my, my parents, they, they have, uh, I'm going to say five streaming services plus cable and they are like in for, I, I think she said it was a couple hundred dollars. They have a very high-end cable package. And I look at that and whether you can afford it or not is irrelevant. I, I see, and they can afford it, so that's their choice. But I see opportunity for optimization. And if, if you see the world that way, then you... you 
you enjoy being frugal. Like I, I was wearing, I remember I used to go back to my parents' place at Christmas. I was over there. I was wearing a new sweater, and they commented, you know, oh, where did you get that sweater? Somebody who was cheap would say, oh, just something I got it in my closet. You know, they they would just kind of brush away that conversation. I said, I got this from Value Village, man. This was a the, one of the best frugal finds. It was an Eddie Bauer sweater. I said, this is one of the best uh, thrifting things I've ever got. I mean, this is my favorite shirt. I got it, and I, I talked about it, and I realized at one point I was talking about it too much because they, <laughs> they kind of stopped listening. But I, I was excited about this sweater. That's how you know you embraced frugality and you're not just being cheap. So two things from what you just said. One is a lot of the times we focus on kind of the first half or or society in general will focus on the first half of this early financial independence, I'll call it equation. We we look at income because we might be able to perceive what that individual makes based on where they work and their number of years of service, X, Y, and Z, all the things. And that's kind of the side that we generally see. And and that is sometimes the side that we will put on display. And, and this comes from buying cars we can't afford and, and all, of, all of those things. But what I love about this early financial independence equation is that unless you really know someone, you don't genuinely, genuinely see or maybe even understand that the second half of this. So this is this is the the lifestyle side of things, and and that's I think what the superpower, the magical element of this this process com- really comes into play. That is the personalized spot that you really can't see that person doing when they go inside their front door of their home. Well, the income side can be tr- can kind of be uh, hidden as well. I mean, if you're living a frugal lifestyle. People could make assumptions. I mean, just because you work at a certain place doesn't mean you have a one of the better paying jobs there. I mean, I, I was driving a 12-year-old car to work and I was so disappointed when that thing died on me. But I, So that's an example of how I embraced frugality. But uh, people would look at what I'm driving and maybe they thought, well, maybe accountants don't make that much money here. Do you know what I mean? Like, like we don't all, sh- nobody tends to share what they earn where they work, right? They don't sort of put a sign on their desk with their salary <laughs> on there, right? So, so you don't really know what everyone makes. And they're, they're, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, pay and inequity at every place of employment. I mean, I assume everywhere you work, there's, there's some sort of inequity going on. So y- even the income side can be masked. That is true. And, and I do, I like that a lot because therefore you really have to be confident in like you're saying your ability to be proudly frugal if if, and that i think or or have a modest lifestyle so still early financial independence involves not not only not only that you have to you have to if you're making if if a good income is part of your equation you have to enjoy the good income if you if you're earning the good income for purely for status then you're like that's not going to be enough you have to enjoy being immersed in your work because if you work okay if if you are if you demonstrate all the traits i described to earning a good income you may start you might start that job not earning a good income but if you make yourself indispensable at your employer to your employer like you are you deliver so much value they couldn't imagine a world without you they will pay you at some point, you're going to get paid. I mean, you may have to make some noise. You may have to, you know, 
pretend you're looking for another job, all sorts of strategies. But if you appear indispensable, you will get paid. But you, to do that for a whole working career, you, it, it's like being cheap. You'd be miserable if you were doing it purely for the status of, of having a high income or, or like being a manager or being a vice president. It, if you were doing it just for the status alone, you're going to be you're going to have a miserable existence but if you're doing it because you just love your work or you love being part of whatever it is you do then it, it, you'll embrace it you'll enjoy it but you have to love the process of of of, of earning that good income now that is true that side of the equation i do have a question for you what can you fall in love with the process so you don't love the process to start with, but you end up falling in love with it. And and I ask that from the side of, I'm a listener right now. I've heard the three early financial independence strategies. I make a modest income, but frugality, the, 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 living a frugal lifestyle is not one that sounds super appealing. Can I fall in love with the process or my lost cause? Well, I mentioned with, with the, uh, the fitness thing, uh, I, I just... You know, I have this thing, you have to, we all have busy lives, right? You can't just, like, so here's the one, thrifting takes time, right? It requires a lot of time. If you need a, a new shirt, you could go to the mall and buy a new shirt and be back home in 30 minutes. If you want to buy a new shirt secondhand, you might spend uh, a whole morning looking for a shirt that's suitable and, and you might come home and still not find it. So if that you have to, can, can you, you know, I don't know because I have always loved being frugal. I always seen the world for what, for, for the excess that it is. So that's a good question. Okay, here's one. So the fitness side, I wasn't always in love with fitness. I wasn't always, for so my mountain bike thing, I didn't always love mountain bike. In fact, at the beginning, I found it really hard and discouraging. But I, okay, going up the hill was hard and discouraging. Coming down the hill was fast and exciting. <laughs> so I ended up loving coming down the hill. So you know what? I, I, I micro-liked that activity. I, I micro-liked bike, mountain biking. I hated going up hills. I loved going down. Eventually, I loved the challenge of a big hill. I love seeing a hill and not letting it beat me. So And then bragging about the hills that I rode my bike up to all my friends. So I, I ended up, I started hating that, started out hating that aspect of the sport and ended up, I like that more than going down a hill. I, I love, I love the challenge of climbing a hill more than the excitement of going down one. So I, that, that evolved, but. But, but to put it the other way, maybe for you having um, good health and, and defining the high blood pressure, um, maybe family gene that you were facing maybe was that goal strong enough that you were willing to do whatever it took to develop a process could the goal be strong enough to to be the thing that moves the needle i guess at some point you, you yeah your goal has to be so strong and so important that you search for processes or activities that you will be in love with that will get you there so you, you do need a, a super strong goal a lot of times so in health it could be a history of of, uh, of of family health problems, and you you don't want to be just part of that statistic, right? You want you want to overcome that. So, 
adopting a healthy diet in a, in a active lifestyle, that, that that's your motivation, right? Is you don't want to be that statistic. So you, you go down this road and, and you, you find, I, so that's what this whole podcast is about is, is discovering a, an activity or some aspect of life that will lead you to those goals, but you have to discover it. But first you have, you have to, you have to go look for one. So it's, I'm saying, you know, start the year off, you know, this is the beginning of my journey of financial independence. You know, here's three scenarios that we, we gave that, that could get you there. I have to find some aspect of, of life that aligns with those, those goals and adopt it. I like that. And I think we might end the show there. So that does bring us to the end of the show on why you need a process to achieve your goals. We went through all the the kind of nuances that go along with scenarios that are associated with early financial independence and also kind of associated to overall living as well in terms of health. Thank you so much for being here with us on our first show of 2020. Happy New Year. We can't wait to bring you a whole slew of shows all through 2020 and beyond. Until next week, keep it simple.